Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. start by popping that lighter in yo oh okay wait let me show it to the camera since we're gonna put this on youtube okay ah ah the seth rogan uh car lighter that weighs as much as a car it's beautiful <laughs> made of marble green marble and yeah pop that baby in pop there you the go. top all right so exciting. So as it heats up, what are we smoking for this episode? This is Stone Road Farms. Uh, it's a queer-owned cannabis brand based in Nevada City, California. Our friend Caitlin Perry, shoot people, uh, shot the bulletin bulletin board. What the is it bulletin called? board, you know, the, at the, the local college where no, they're doing acoustic guitar. Oh, the billboard. Yeah, the billboard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, the billboard that was here in L.A. advertising Stone Road was so gorgeous. Ah, it popped. There we go. So excited for this. Mm-mm. Mm, that lights so nicely. It'll last forever too, mm. just like a car lighter. Mm-hmm. Like this is such Seth Rogen, man. Anyway, Stone Road Farms. Follow him on IG at Stone Road Farms. We are smoking Tropicana Punch, a balanced hybrid. Mm. Ooh, that's super tasty. Yeah. Super, super smooth. Lovely. Ah, delicious, man. It's so nice to see you. Ah. Fuck, I love that. It's so nice to see you and share a joint with you, Mike. Hi. Welcome back to LA, Mary Jane. Thank you for being here. I know that we were going to have a guest today, but man, I'm just glad to rock with you and reconnect and just do a loose-ass moose together. Oh, it's really great to just like see you and hang and take a moment because I don't know, for anyone who um, listens to the show often, maybe you noticed that I was out of town for a while and we were doing um, Zoom remote recordings, which is, you know, also a great way to hang out, but... I do just miss like hanging with you and sessioning with you in person so much. So this is like a really great week where I'm back in LA and then I'll be heading back up to Washington because I'm spending a lot of time up there right now taking care of some family stuff. So do you want to leave it at family stuff? Yeah, for now, for sure. For sure. But I'm really, you know, one of the things about being able to go back and forth, I've just been counting my blessings and you know, how, how we have built our world so that we are able to continue doing the stuff that we do and also working on our individual pro- projects remotely. Like this year has been uh, like a masterclass in fucking learning how to be flexible with shit. And it's enabling me to go and continue to do as much as I can while I'm in Washington. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful to you for, I don't know, continuing to make stuff work with me. Yeah. I mean, yo, real talk. There have been... A- as you've had to travel back and forth and do what you're doing, there have been several times when I was like, are we going to be able to keep doing this hot pod together? And uh, there were times when I was like, I don't think that we can. And then there were other times where it's like, fuck yeah, we recorded all the way through the pandemic, like ride or die, baby. (laughs) We shook hands on the beach a year ago because every year we shake hands with each other to have a contract that we are going to make this fucking podcast for another year. And we shook on it. So shut up, Mike. We we shook. And... (laughs) And we shook. Yeah, that's it. I know there's like, 
I think, you know, I listen to so many podcasts where they're duos and they record in all kinds of different ways. And so many of the duos, you know, it's really dependent on like the pod is just their vibe, right? Like there are so many awesome reported podcasts where people are like really sticking to a script. And then there are the ones that I really love that are kind of like us where there's like people having a great time and a hang. Yeah. And I've heard the ups and downs in so many of those relationships through this year. And that's as interesting to me as anything. Like if they're having kind of a weird blue day, that's almost as interesting to listen in on as when someone is just like solidly always a super fun, great time. And so I'm just really grateful to you as well for like kind of rocking with me through all of my ups and downs. And I don't know to anyone who like tunes in and, and listens to us as we kind of like figure out all of our stuff as best as we can along with the rest of the fucking world yes. you know with with weed as like a great booster seat to like sit up a little higher in the chair <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny like you like would you like a booster seat oh we don't have children no 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 that's no, not no, what no. i know i'm talking yeah i'm talking about weed do you just want to smoke a joint so you feel a little higher up in your chair literally <laughs> weed the ultimate booster seat yep. fucking right well tm <laughs> that's awesome that's really awesome thank you for saying that uh, I, I mean we have so much we will talk about but I'd like to say uh, on the note of hearing being able to hear the highs and lows and people that you listen to and do all of that it reminds me about how um, we've been watching Top Chef and watching every single episode with you whether we're together or remotely and when Tom Colicchio said this plate tastes like fear like you can taste this mm. person not trusting themselves in the kitchen with this plate of food and that always makes me think about when I listen to podcasts and you can just hear mm-hmm. like life. You can just hear life yeah. in the pod and you can taste a plate of food that could taste like fear. Like it is <laughs> all it is all out there. When it's what I think honestly when it's good and when it's right it's all out there for me. You know like I think that there are people who just um, put on the great show all the time and you can never really hear what's happening behind the scenes. I think there are the Steve Harveys of the world. Sure. Where, you know, the, that guy probably has some like weird, dark stuff happening backstage, but he's always the same. And he's that's why he's the best host who's ever lived. It's the equanimity. It's just like people tune in to make sure that they're always getting that same thing. I, I love seeing the bumps in the road and like hearing people talk about like just all of it. You know, like hearing a comedian talk about when they're having a hard fucking time. A lot of people are like, shut up and stick to jokes. I'm like, that's the interesting <laughs> stuff. Comedians are like the weirdest, most fucked up people. I want to hear comedians talk about like mental health and stress and trauma and grief as much as I want to hear them talk about jokes. Like that's my favorite kind of stuff is Hannah Gadsby. Yeah. Cracking over in her rib cage and showing the world her fucking heart and soul. And people were like, that's not stand up. I was like, but is it art? Fuck. Yes, yes. it's art. And that's Unquestionably. much more important art to me than someone doing great joke math, which is its own thing. But like what I'm interested in, what attracts me is that, that, you know, true, like yeah. all of it. And those people who are like, is it, it's not stand up are missing the entire point because that is such an uninteresting debate to me. Right. What, what kind of box can we put this art in is right. the most inter- uninteresting conversation I can think of. Right. Like yeah. how, yeah. If you can accurately describe your favorite artwork in 10 words or less, I would I would question that you should look deeper and find some more interesting art. <laughs> I think so. That's why yeah, th- there's that's why they made me write like three pages on the pearl and not just like a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> when I had to do a book report. Uh-huh. Yeah, they didn't choose a book that I could really coast on. Mm-hmm. It had yeah, to be some Hemingway. Get some stuff that you can dig into. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like yeah, it's just I don't know, I'm rambling a bit about it now cuz I'm stoned, but like I'm 
I'm digging into a bunch of different corners in my life right now, and some of them are like counting my blessings and finding the highs where I can to get me through and fuel me. And some of them are like looking at some stuff that's really tough and like reading up on grief literacy or, you know, yep. like concepts that will help you get through harder times that are sometimes hard to contemplate. So it's like there's a lot in this life raft with me right now, and I'm, <laughs> I'm bobbing up and I'm bobbing down. Right. And I'm using that weed booster seat. <laughs> a lot of mixed metaphors she's in a life raft with a booster seat (laughs) what kind of weed is she smoking uh see the life raft represents (laughs) the uh, life raft is an edible and the weed (laughs) booster seat is a joint (laughs) and that's how that's how i'm floating (laughs) f (laughs) well yo this is kind of a special one yeah what up mary jane how's it going mike it's going great it's so good to see you how are you it's so good to see you how are you Hi. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, and calling shit out and friends. Being real. Hit it. <laughs> Fucking real. Just seeing people again. Yeah. You know, it's nice, I have to say. I've in in traveling and in seeing um more than the ten block radius around my apartment in um LA that I've seen for the past year. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really interesting watching people venture forth, the world kind of, you know, slowly. Do you feel guilty if you're not wearing a mask at all times? An interesting point to ask me. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. It like in I mean, so I traveled, I was in all public places, you know, airport, How ferry, was that? all that kind of, it was totally fine everyone's really? very respectful okay because i yeah. am mad i'm airport nervous undoubtedly mm-hmm. like as somebody who already doesn't trust a tube of people breathing uh-huh why you would know, you why would that's you that's crazy yeah <laughs> the science behind that does not support a healthy environment <laughs> you know i had a nut buffer when i flew to um newfoundland a few years ago because i'm fucking terribly allergic to peanuts and they made the row in front of me and the row behind me peanut free zones Ooh. and on my ticket it was called a nut buffer zone <laughs> and we had jokes for days about that but uh the point, the point being that some guys like about to j- get, get his nuts buffed. <laughs> the uh but the point being, like, I am super allergic to peanuts, and they kept three rows, like, peanut dust-free. What do you think is happening with anything floating around in that cabin? Like, yeah. It's great. I don't want to go too far down that road because it could get weird, but... I feel you, though. Yeah. You're nervous about it. I'm nervous about the world. Yeah, you should be nervous. I, was, I you know, I, every single movie... I haven't watched one movie that has to do with what we've just lived through and are living through right now that ended well. Right. You know what I mean? And that's only two hours and Dustin Hoffman killing it. So, like, what does the real world what look like? What was the like? movie? Uh, Outbreak with the monkeys. Oh, <laughs> that's so old. That's... I know. It's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. Is that the one in, with Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't like her. Okay. we. I could talk about that for days, but let's be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. so you're nervous about flying. Yeah, but you said it was fine. It was totally fine. I... Um, encountered a few people who were like clearly you know only wearing the mask just when they absolutely fucking had to and they were fucking over it and I was like I also feel you on that if you're just willing to like put it on while we're all still doing this thing together fucking great and I didn't see anyone being weird about it at all um I feel like I heard someone yell at someone else to put their mask on at some point whatever it was just like you know cool because that 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 proves my theory of um how either those videos are no longer existing out in the world or the algorithm that keeps you hooked into the constant um if it bleeds it leads news cycle of social media like those aren't being pushed up into the top of the algorithm anymore or they're not existing as much and either way i'm not seeing them so it's nice to know as someone who has actually been in the world that they might 
there might be fewer and farther between at this point. I hope so. And maybe it is just the fucking algorithm that's moved on to like other more heinous fucking shit that's happening well, on yeah, the planet. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. But, but that's the, Im- that's what its job is. Right. <laughs> that the beast needs to move on. Mm-hmm. In my experience in traveling, taking planes, uh, light rail, ferry, all the stuff, everyone was um, doing their best to just be fine and normal. Cool. With masks. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Um, when you flew, do you want to tell the Archie story? Didn't I already talk about the Archie story? Maybe on the Patreon. Did you know we have a Patreon, everybody? You can oh. check it out. It's only $2, $5, or $8 a month. Um, this month is going to be a lot of loose mooses mm-hmm. that we are going to be banking as a power hour. Is that right? I, we're going to try. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much we're going to get through. We're going to get through all of it. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash weed and grub. And so maybe I talked about this on there, the experience of flying with Archie the dog after um, the you know, year plus that we've been not flying together. And he's so accustomed to, he's such a good little flyer. He's, you know, I had the paperwork to just fly with him as an emotional support animal. And so he would come with me in the bag. and then Because he'd be nervous if you left, right? So that's what it was. It was actually his certificate. We're very codependent. We're equally fucking nervous. But um, anyway. You both have little certificates. Yeah. For sure. He's got his own little in his collar. Um, but yeah, we, so you can't do that anymore because, you know, people brought pigs and peacocks on as emotional support animals. Mm-hmm. So that was rescinded, which I understand. But now he has to get jammed into a bag and he was so stressed out about it. And I had to zip it. He like did a stress poop in the airport and then I jammed him in a bag and I zipped it shut. Jesus Christ. Poor motherfucker. When you put it like that, it's so real. Yeah, it was like a kidnapping. It was terrible. <laughs> It's like that bag rolled up and he got zipped into it and then shoved under a seat. He and then he woke happening. up in a new land. And then, yeah, and then he wow. woke up in a place that smelled all different and he pissed all over the airport floor in Seattle. I'd pee my pants too. Ugh, anyway, people were helpful. Is that the story you wanted me to tell? It is, but it wasn't as funny this time. <laughs> it was like zero amount funny. Before it was like kind of jovial and it had some bright spots. Like, no, I kidnapped and tortured my dog and he was so stressed out that he pissed all over the airport floor. I'm so sorry, Archie. Jesus, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, the first time I told it, I think I really tried to make it okay. You nailed it. It's not okay. It's not okay. Don't normalize torturing your dog. I just forget you can't explain to dogs anything. No, they don't know anything. You were asking me, because Archie is in Washington, which is crazy right now. I am yeah. separated from Mr. Archie Moo yeah. and he... Um, and you were like, do you want to FaceTime him? I was like, you can FaceTime a dog. It didn't occur to me how much that would break their brain. It, that would be another form of torture. Yeah. yeah. He would be so upset. Where is she? He's like, looking for your legs. He, he, Yeah. I think it would I think it would just be like heart-rending for him. You know? He yeah. has to, at all times, either be touching me or looking at me. And if he could hear me without doing either, he'd think it was like some kind of weird ghost. That's crazy to think about. Ugh. Wow, it is so fucked up if you do that to a dog. Have you seen the shit where people will like put up a sheet in front of them and then like run out from behind the sheet to freak the dog? And, and the they disappear, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a magic trick for the dog and the dogs are like horrified. Horrified. That's not okay. Like don't tell your kid that you're going to leave him behind in a mall and don't fuck with dogs with sheets. Is that a viral trend, Mary Jane? <laughs> no, that, I just think they're forms of emotional torture and abuse. I don't think you should tell your kid that you're leaving him at the mall because that happened to me when I was a kid. And right. It's, obviously, I'm still upset about it. And I don't think you should do sheet magic with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. Don't it's, do It's those. mean. Yeah. And it fucks them up. <laughs> Speaking as a fully grown person who's like still, I have, I'm not, okay, this, can I tell you a story? Always. I was in Ireland with my dad and my boyfriend at the time. I was, I don't know, my late 20s at this point. 
And my dad and my boyfriend like went on to the next door while I stopped to like get some money out of the ATM or something. And I went into the next door and they weren't there. And I had a flashback all the way back to whenever it was that I was five or six and I was lost at the mall. And I had a full on adult meltdown. I I was like, and I went into like all the stores around because it was like kind of a strip mall situation. I ended up like, I I remember just being in a bathroom, like splashing cold water on my face and hyperventilating because I was so freaked out. And then they came back and they'd like crossed the street to go look at a thing. And then sure. and they were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm traumatized from a childhood event. That's so wild. So I have some abandonment <clears throat> fears and issues. It's okay. It happened to Tony Soprano too. Don't feel bad. That's right. I'm in good company. Yeah. Or terrible company. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay. He's amazing. It's true. Come on. He's a good earner. We got to keep him around. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Ooh, I feel okay. that. Do you want to do some news? Yeah, let's do some news. Okay. Presented Our news is presented by, by somebody. Yes. <laughs> OCB. Yep. The Grubble Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even-burning, no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we like to call Harmony on High. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we do. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your rolling papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on IG at OCB underscore USA. Yeah, if you like what we do, please support our sponsors because they support us. So check them out. OCB. Thanks, guys. And one lucky winner is going to get to fly to France. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, Cool. We just don't. <laughs> we'll we'll let OCB know about those details. Yeah, we will. In and an then email. we'll let you know as well because it's happening. <laughs> Thanks for getting us in trouble, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of trouble, the Grubble Gazette this week is that Amazon has backed a federal bill to legalize weed, and it has adjusted its drug testing policy for some workers along those lines to support the MORE Act. Ah, big trouble. That is big trouble. It's so interesting because it's like a t- it's sort of ostensibly good news, but it feels troublesome. Always. Right? Oh, you mean the one oh. of the three corporations that kind of run the world that we all have to deal with because it's too late and there's no turning back? <laughs> right. The, corpor- the corporation run by an evil overlord who is like slowly just milking the world for all of its fucking Rockets, m- movie resources. theaters, Amazon, <laughs> weed. Now and weed? he quit? Like... Uh, oh, what so, are you doing? What's he doing? Tell okay. me. Yeah, but hang on. Like, because I think we need to separate the man from the company that has so much power that what does this really mean? You sure. know what I mean? Because like me being uncomfortable with Bezos doesn't really matter. Sure. I need to separate that and look at Amazon and what it means for them to support the Morax. So what they're saying... Wait, can I say that I don't want to separate them at all because it's much easier to actually pin something on one person and personalize it as opposed to dehumanizing it by talking about it as a corporation. Because like, I think the problem with speaking about a company without a spokesperson to really target... like, I, It's so interesting when you, when you talk about Jamie Dimon as the head of... I think it's Chase Bank. Okay. You know, you can sort of talk to him as a person about like 
fucking Katie Porter put him on blast for salary, like why he makes 90 million times more than the lowest paid worker. And, you know, it's so great to put a face to that corporation and sort of understand what that fucking business is doing. So I think when we talk about Amazon, it is actually important to talk about the guy who made it what it is because he humanizes it. Yeah. You know? Well said. I, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, I think it's just why it's easier. It's easier for everyone's brain to hold on to. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, Otherwise, there's no face of fucking Walmart, and I wish there were. I'm sure there is someone that I don't I agree. know about. But Yeah. It's like when you go on um, like all, any company site, and mm-hmm. the whole thing is you and a robot, so there's no one for you to get mad at, and you can't actually reach out to someone to plead to your case. I want someone to get mad at. And <laughs> exactly. it's Bezos. Yeah. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to give you a little pushback on that. The right one. I stand corrected and will now say that as if it was my idea too. Um, (laughs) Because so here's what Amazon is doing. They're throwing all their weight behind the Moore Act, which would decriminalize cannabis at a federal level, expunge criminal records and invest in impacted communities, dot, 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 supposedly. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also changing their corporate drug testing at Amazon so that it no longer includes marijuana in most of its drug screenings, except for positions regulated by the Department of Transportation. Which is a federal agency. Yeah. I think otherwise they're like, we can get away with it at state law if you're not like let yeah governed by a federal agency that's interesting absolutely and also you know i mean driving in weed i don't really recommend it not a big fan of it i cannot so but i have some friends who drive so perfectly when they're stoned because they've just been doing it for a long time and they're really good at it but of course yeah no one can recommend driving intoxicated it's not a good idea so uh the last part of this article also says that they're also adjusting their time off task policy because Hmm. you know how he makes people piss in bottles instead (laughs) of treating them like humans and he wishes he could replace everything with robots for efficiency as a warlord but there's, Ooh, Jeff there's Bezos. <laughs> yeah but there's people on earth yeah yeah thank you for saying that now i can talk how i feel without i have nothing to direct the fact that that's what he wishes uh-huh. um he they're going to adjust that because what they used to do is have a certain amount of packages that you had to put on something per hour. Yes. And it would monitor all of that for the data. did you know that they actually had supervisors who would call drivers and be like, you need to move faster? Like they actually had like a cattle prod position of a person who was monitoring them digitally to then get in touch with them and be like, you need to load more packages faster, deliver more. And I just read a really interesting piece about someone who had that position. They were like, it's the fucking worst because you're calling someone who is doing their best to tell them they have to move faster for so little money like the whole thing is just and crazy all i think of is a an inhumane. fucking whip yeah it's crazy 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 so i'm sorry to hmm. interrupt but there's many levels of fuckery they're saying they're gonna look into adjusting that oh great yeah great mm-hmm. look into it look into it fix it <laughs> look into it fuck faces and, and if it. you're gonna fucking work you know get on board with federally legalizing weed then please don't do what you've done to every other industry that we know you're gonna do which is just suck it up and make it all yours so New thing to fight. <laughs> new thing to fight. Hold accountable. New thing to hold accountable. I think new thing to fight. Like, new thing to there fight. Was, there was an absolute fight in New York when Amazon was trying to, I think, move its headquarters oh, that's there. Right. Yeah, they were. And they had located, like, they'd scouted a location in, um, I think it was in Queens in Long Island City, and they fought against it. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was actually a really vocal opponent of it and helped the fight. Maybe even led the fight. I think she was a pr- like primary agitator with getting the um, state of the city of New York to say, no, we're not going to do this. And they said no. And so many people were so upset about it. Why? Because of job creation and a economy boost and convenience and city and the long right. view was that, you know, from a lot of people and I agree with them is that it wouldn't have been good for New York at all. So um, will you tell that dad story you have really quick about the, the dam? Story. Wasn't it a dam or something he fought against? 
Yeah, sure. How just as a fight against something story? Well, I think because what you make me think of when <laughs> it comes to New York fighting against Amazon being there because that would change the entire ecosystem of New York and its right. culture. Yes. Um it it goes into gentrification, how when I was living in uptown in Chicago, it went from a place that was um just crime ridden and really forgotten, but then tanning salons started popping up. Mm-hmm. And you knew that the tanning salon was an indication that somebody new bought the property and was about to flip it into um fancy lofts. Mm-hmm. And the, and getting that shopping center set up around it was step one as you're gonna you know move homeless the people somewhere else and a you know store yeah and, then and you so put in a fucking CVS and so the, you just make me think of Amazon as um, just such an ecosystem change yeah. that is that there's no turning back from because once its tentacles and hooks are in those roots go as long as they can mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so right. that's what you make me think of the, what your dad fought against and how yeah. he was right that's so interesting that you would like make that association yes. Absolutely. He fought against dams because they would change the entire ecosystem because when you dam a river and that changes the water flow, like in the case of there's a huge, uh, the Yangtze River in China, they dammed and they actually flooded, I think, I don't even know how many towns, but they they changed entire civilizations by Whoa. building this huge dam called the Seven Gorges Dam. And I remember reading about that, my dad talking about it, and he was like, they they really don't know how terrible it is, how, how what how you're shifting everything when you install that dam. So, yeah. Yeah. Good uh, associate analogy. Yeah. Life's hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. It is. Life is fucking hard. What's that on your phone? Oh, this is a cool thing that I wanted to bring up that's also maybe problematic and weird, but I think it's neat. Um, I got a press release about this thing called EndoDNA. Interesting. So, basically, it's an, uh, a DNA test that has been... Um, designed supposedly it's going to provide a personalized report to help you determine what cannabis products are right for you and which to avoid by mapping your endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. and i think that's so neat because we've talked about it on here about you know how dna testing and like what they're going to be able to do and how the future of weed will actually be when they can like map your entire system and then map like they're doing it leafly all of the profile of a plant the terpenes and the cannabinoids and its entire effect and figure out exactly what is going to make you feel the way you want to feel. And now they're doing it from you out instead of out in. Yeah. Interesting. So this website is called endodna.com. I don't know much about it other than just what I've said from that press release. And it just says, uh, could you be genetically predisposed to an adverse event from cannabis? If you're, Maybe you're just one of those people. Like, remember when we were talking to Rachel Burkons? Yes. And she was saying her wife, she was like, she just can't smoke it's not that she doesn't want to she just can't hang yeah my friend olv shout out olv on twitter mm-hmm. dm me and it's because they like like we just started fucking them up and it was like yeah. oh maybe i shouldn't have said their name whatever um the point <laughs> is is that yeah like you know adverse reaction is avo- if it's avoidable and yeah. you can still rock with something good maybe you can just find a super high cbd to thc ratio like a 20 to 1 you know where the thc is still like that playing that important role but i don't know it's just so fascinating so but what's problematic oh i'm sorry well, what's problematic is that it's just it's napping mapping it's napping it's mapping your dna and i think the idea behind that you know you and i have had so many conversations about like how, how you feel i have pretty strong feelings about 23 and mean and that kind of stuff and you mean that they sell your data to third parties and it's a trick it's yeah it's just it's a lot to think about that the fine print is it that is a third party business sales business it's not about you and your dna and avoiding heart disease it is about selling your data from a from your spit and that's well, and what the business is. It's so it's so layered to think about because there are a lot of crime podcasts that I listen to that um, tout the 
new DNA that is coming from places like 23andMe that are leading to cold cases being solved, you know? Like the Golden State Killer, who was caught just last year or the year before, had, you know, 40 years ago, raped and killed several people and was only caught just now because a relative somewhere hit on a database years and years and years later. And it was from one of these services. Wait, they found a connection to someone through 23andMe that was the link for... For his being caught and arrested and convicted. Wow. Like they'd been looking for him for a very long time, but it was a cold case. And then they'd finally like gotten some DNA evidence that they managed to link to him through a family member that had entered their DNA into some database. So there is reasons for each of us to be a filing cabinet. Absolutely. For, for the rest of the world. very good things happening. I mean, in addition to all sorts of cool stuff where they're just like figuring out all of the links in humanity and what we're all made of and what these building blocks look like and all of the science behind that and how fucking cool it is and the fact that it's solving cold cases. But then there's like the, you know, yeah, weird, shady sort of side of it where it's being um, commodified and, you know, sold. Yes. Scary. Good, so. good business to get in, though. <laughs> Oh, people, Um, the people business, what a nice business to be in. He's a good earner. (laughs) He gets us redheads at a discount rate. Oh man, Tony Soprano. Okay. So (laughs) endo DNA, really super interested to learn more about it and, um, we'll report back. Would you do it? Uh, no, no, I would not. Would you do it if you were not um, in the weed game with, um, the ability to try a lot of stuff and Okay, I don't we're not talking my, about that. I don't want to have my DNA mapped. Yeah. I won't even have Archie's DNA mapped. I like. Why? You'll go to a palm reader, but you won't actually get some like yeah, exactly. science facts? I don't. No, I don't. I just don't want to. I like the magic of uh, not knowing Yeah. <laughs> for him. I also don't want to spend 185 bucks. <laughs> but, but for yourself. I don't, I don't want to have my DNA mapped because I know, um, I, I don't have any big questions about that kind of stuff. Like I very mm. years and years and years ago, I had a really amazing gift given to me of um, a boyfriend. All my friends. Parent. Spent. No, I had a fucking genealogy Bible, basically of my whole family going all the way back forever and ever and ever. Like that's amazing. It's fucking cool. Wow. And I know that there are a lot of people who just don't have access to that for a million different reasons. Sure. And so I feel pretty fucking lucky to have that with I, the cool for my dad. Speaking of my dad, he was born in India moved to the U.S. or um, U.K. when he was little in 1939 when the Second World War broke out. And in this fucking tome of all of the stuff going back and tracing my family's journeys back, um, this friend of the family, or my boyfriend's ex, my ex-boyfriend's mom, sorry, had found his uh, passage, the notes of his passage and like found, um, what's it called? The man- the manifest, the yeah. passenger manifest and his name and the date that he passed through the Suez Canal and like what his effects were had listed like you know all of that everything and he was like not someone who was nostalgic or thought a lot in a way about like genealogy I don't think he was ever interested in it and I remember him looking at that and he was old at this point he was probably 80 Mm -hmm. and he was like oh my god that's so amazing to remember that day all of a sudden so I think there's yeah. Lots of that great stuff in it. I agree, but it's also, I think that a lot of those people who were getting logged at the Suez Canal at that time were saying exactly what we're saying in the microphones right now, which is, fuck this, mind your business, <laughs> right. none of yours. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't think that's changed whether it was written in a log or not. And, you know. Wow, do you hate the census, Mike? 
I hate every Mary Jane. We've gone on. We Come have. On. All right. Look, we went on a long walk before this. Yes. And I was saying some shit that I'm not going to say on here. No, I told you to chill the fuck out. <laughs> I yelled at a robot. I was like, Let, yeah, you yelled at a robot. Okay, we got to tell that story because come on. I mean, I was like, really, Mike? Jesus Christ. We're on this long walk, beautiful late afternoon, early evening LA walk. The light is perfect. We're enjoying the stroll. We haven't seen each other in a while. We're catching up. The jacarandas are in bloom right now. Here yeah, in Los they're Angeles. really pretty purple. They're purple. They're beautiful. The bougainvillea, the jasmine is out. Beautiful evening. I've set the scene. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Say what you did. There was one of those Postmates Uber food delivery robots mm-hmm. coming down the street about stroller size. And I stopped and it stopped. And then I moved around it. And as I moved around it, I go, why do I have to get out of the way of a robot? It should be getting out of my way. I totally, I do not disagree with your sentiment, but I was like, wow, it's such a nice night. And this thing is just not a sentient being. I think that guy six feet away from it is driving it. Yep. Drive it around me. You were actually yelling. Drive that bitch around me You were actually yelling at him, who was like the guy with like a Hot Wheels, basically, a giant, you know. Or give, he, we, everything about it is wrong (laughs) between a man walking next to a robot doing a job. Yeah. That I have a problem with because that is like when you're training somebody to do. To take your job. To take your fucking job Mm -hmm. and then you get fired. Like that's what that represents to me. Right. Huge problem with that. And also... (laughs) Why am I getting out of robots' way? Oh, man. Do you get mad at people who ride their bike on the sidewalk? No. Do you In hate- fact, when they yell at someone because they're allowed to be there, I respect them even more. Oh, wow. Okay. See, we feel differently about that. If you have... You have robot compassion. I have... I, I was willing to walk around the robot, but if someone is driving their bike on the sidewalk when there's a street that's safe for them to be on, fuck out of here. No. <laughs> Okay. You think I should pick my battles better? I don't know. I feel like you and I are just like opposites in every way. When I, you say like, I hate this and I love this, I'm like, yeah. what? That's the opposite it's of It's because me. little things like me getting out of a robot's way mm-hmm. will add up. And if you accept that, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. And if I move out of the way of the robot, next time I'm like helping it get its battery back in its side so that it can get where it needs to be. Not me. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> okay. No robots. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think it's like little things like it not getting out of your way that is teaching us to like work for them. I truly don't think though that in that moment it was the robot not getting out of your way. I think it was that the guy six feet behind it didn't shift it slightly to the left in a way that made <laughs> you feel acknowledged. I really don't think it was like a robot was a jerk to me today. <laughs> You think it's user error? Yes. I <laughs> saw him. Like, and then you were like yelling at the robot and he was like awkwardly standing there with his mask wishing that he could blend into the tree. And I was like, oh, he's not really yelling at the robot. And you're like, why do I have to move? And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, next time I'm looking him in the eye. Yeah. Yell at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yell at the guy. Yell at the guy. <laughs> Poor motherfucker. I know. Man. Oh, Jesus. All right. Understood. But also not... Fine. Moving on. Speaking of Postmates, what the fuck have you been eating while I've been out of town this whole fucking time? Because thick ass bread and sauce. I keep seeing your IG and I'm like mad about it. Yeah. I'm mad about your IG while I'm out of town and you're eating things, that, then putting them on there so I have to look at them. Fairfax is one of the best restaurant hoods in the entire country, as far as I'm concerned. Ugh. It's got everything from delicious Indian food like badmash to great pizza. 
um, vegan, <laughs> Thai, chicken, hot, Dave's hot chicken. It's the ugh, before you great Thaiim. Yeah, I, I just don't want to skip over Badmash and the conversation that we had recently when we were enjoying the amazing sog paneer from that place, and you were like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, uh, yeah, the sog paneer is so fucking good. I've never had tofu. That I was so like blocked that. up the next day. <laughs> I Yo. was like, it's not tofu, dude. <laughs> paneer is not tofu. That is cheese. Had I known, I ate like a block and a half of cheese covered yeah. in sauce. And you were like, ooh, it's so good. And I was like, I know, it's so delicious. And then you were like, I've never had tofu like that. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, my stomach was so solid mm-hmm. that I was like walking like in the shape of a cane. It was <laughs> on point. Uh, I did not know that sag paneer was cheese. It's so good. It's, it's so like good. Homemade fresh Also it's cheese. cheese everyone. Yeah. And definitely totally looks like tofu. Like I 100% see why you thought that. Those white cubes? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Yep. Also it's cheese. Yeah, not, <laughs> not tofu. You know why it tastes so good? Because it's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you know why that, t- that tofu tastes so good? Fucking great. <laughs> I made a cheese dish baked ziti with meatballs when I was Ooh. in Washington. That was, I when I lifted it up, I actually like put my back out a little bit. It was so fucking heavy and so good with so much cheese. So I was. That's awesome. Wait, just, where did you make meatballs and put them in ziti? Yeah. What's the story? Because that's okay. a pretty cool twist. It was fucking awesome. My sister was like, I feel like I could eat a meatball. And I was like, Oh, great. Okay, I'll make some meatballs. And then she goes, with baked ziti? And I was like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she hooked you sure. in. <laughs> she jab, jab. Having Waka-waka. never made ziti in my life, I've only eaten it at some fantastic restaurants. Uh, yeah, so I, I looked up two recipes, a Giada De Laurentiis recipe and a New York Times cookie recipe. I combined those two. Damn. I made the ultimate baked ziti with meatballs. That sounds amazing. The heft, yeah. It was, yeah. It was large. Let's go because um, if you listened recently, we were talking about the lasagna you made and how great yeah. that was. It was half Italian and half half Italian sausage, half beef. Yep. So what's the meatball recipe? I did the same. I really like the combination of ground beef with a little bit of sweet Italian sausage. And um, it was that was the part from Giada's recipe where you like make all the meatballs bite-sized and then you dredge them in flour and you really carefully fry them. Dredge them in flour. Yeah, it browns, browns them up. Browns them up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then the fucking Breadcrumb? Yeah. Binder? Yes, in, in the meatball. Like, yeah. not rolled in breadcrumbs, but yes. Binder was milk, egg, breadcrumb, um, and then there's like some garlic and parsley and deliciousness. Awesome. Dredge them in flour, fry them up, and then the ziti's, you know, ziti. Tomato sauce, ricotta, bunch of fucking cheese, penne. I, oof, I, that's that was what I was gonna say. Oh, so like the difference between a wide flat lasagna mm-hmm. and like a penne. Man, the forkful of a penne ziti is yeah. ten times more satisfying. I think ziti is the new lasagna. Whoa, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. At least for me and my two homemade versions, I'm sure that anyone who's actually knows about lasagna and ziti is probably fucking don't go back me right now well i feel bad Come on. Weird now. you just like, made a claim i don't mean to like make equivalencies false equivalencies about pasta but for me <laughs> baked ziti is the new lasagna i'm gonna yeah i'm going on re- on record on record mm-hmm. huge that's awesome huge. big news <laughs> <laughs> the grub is that is presented by ocv rolling papers the largest rolling paper in the world it's like the spinning newspaper <laughs> Big CD is the hot new thing. Lasagna, get out of here. <laughs> Lasagna's got its trench coat on. It's kicking the air. Take a hike. It's got like the little stick with the bindle. <laughs> it's, sauce is coming out of yeah. the bindle. What are its feet? Are its feet like little noodles? Just, yeah. 
he's out of here. That's out of here. <laughs> That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, cheese mozzarella? Um, I use all of them. I got fresh mozzarella. I used Pecorino Romano. I had some Parmesan. Ooh. I had some um, grated mozzarella. I feel like I might have even put a fifth thing in. Oh, and then there's um, ricotta and creme fraiche. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of Wow, <laughs> that sounds so good. It was really fucking good. I- I'm eating it. I'm like, there's so many types of tofu in here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. It was very healthy. Very healthy for you. And I made it with a spinach salad where the dressing, I just put it on fresh spinach, but it was so fucking good. I could have drunk it like a fucking pint. It was um, red wine, vinegar, olive oil, two kinds of mustard, garlic, shallots, and a bunch of maple syrup. Damn. Maple syrup. Yeah. It was fucking great. The balance, all of it. I'll, I'll share the link in the show notes for that one because that was like something that everyone should have in their back pocket. Cool. That spinach dressing. Yeah. Spinach salad dressing. That's the kind too with when you describe all of those things, I feel like those are always sitting around. Like that's yeah. kind of an always on hand type of... If you uh, make a jug of that, <laughs> a jar of that and just have it sitting next to your stove. I swear to God, I peeled off the saran wrap that I put over it and tasted it with a fork throughout the day while it, you know, lasted. Melded and all that. That's so, so great. good. I just pictured you winning the uh, NFL championship and they run over with the Gatorade jug and it's that, that dressing. Salad dressing. I'm just like... <laughs> Fucking great. Yes, definitely. Carbonated ranch dressing. being shook in the locker room. Infinitely preferable to disgusting, sugary, horrible... I hate Gatorade. Yeah. Like, it makes me think of being sick. Oh, Oh, like yeah. sick in bed, you know, when right. you're not well and you have to like drink that electrolyte thing to make yourself feel better. Yeah. That's what I associate with it. I gotcha. <laughs> Give me salad dressing any day. I drink a pint of salad dressing over a pint of Gatorade any day. <laughs> what kind of an athlete are you? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope a really fucking good high performing athlete who's just like super fit. Yeah. Like The Rock. I mean, he can eat like 5,000 or 8,000 calories a day or something insane. Yeah. Those cheat day videos that he does yeah. are pretty remarkable. Like they're pretty remarkable. Dude, you were just talking about um, seeing Padma Lakshmi's everything I oh, eat in a day video. I'll hit that in the show notes too. This is one, especially because we should do a. We should talk more about Top Chef. Maybe when the season is over, about how important this season is. It's so good. If you're not watching, I highly. Oh, it's so fucking good. And I'd love to have some of the chefs, all of the chefs, on yeah. anytime. So if you're listening, Top Chef uh, contestants, get on here. Yeah, I'll hit some up. Yeah. Um Because yeah, this this is important TV. It's weirdly like it's, for the restaurant industry and yeah. the way that they are bringing tons of different people onto the show because places are opening back up and we need to get the word out that these restaurants and these people have people they need to rehire and jobs. Yeah. Like this is job creation. This up is this season of Top Chef is important. It's paying a lot of attention to a lot of important shit and it's so heartening. Yeah. Like in every fucking way. And just yeah, high highest regards to Tom Colicchio and all of the production team for everything you're doing and the great edit and all of it. It's got so much heart and it's great. So Yeah. Um and so the Padma thing yeah. is, um, it's it's Harper's Bazaar. Everything I eat in a day mm-hmm. is the framework, and it's it's Padma. And she goes through her day talking about if she's on set, if she's not on set, how when she is on set, how she also maintains her body, is able to eat fourteen things, and like what she chugs, uh, so much tea. But the whole thing, like it's so dialed in, and it's so nashi and delicious sounding all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, go it in the show notes, baby. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to watch. I love that like there's just this weird... I was talking to my sis about it because she was like, I don't like cooking TV. And I was like, wow, that's so unfortunate because there's so much of it and so much of it is so good. But she was like, I just... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I love my sister. She was like, I don't want to watch you cook it. I just want to eat it. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. But I was thinking about it because there's, you know, this with the rise of the internet, so many cooking shows and then videos of people just eating stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, from, you know, world tours with amazing people like Anthony Bourdain to mukbangs, which are like... That's my morning me, with coffee. Fucking the weirdest fetish in the world. Mukbangs? Yeah, mukbangs, yeah. Mm, you don't like them. No, I think they're really um, upsetting. They upset me, you know, in all of the ways of like just wasteful. And, you know, I think the people who... It's like they're treating it like a fetish and, you know, it's not about the food. It's I just gotcha. about the act of like... It's like eating competitions. And it, like, I respect anyone who wants to do it, but it's not for me. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's the way to approach it, right? If you don't like something, you just don't watch it. There's a lot of things to watch. I don't need to watch pimple popping videos if I don't want to, but I do. Mm, and I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. I fell. I got tricked on TikTok. Uh, they tried something new in my algorithm because they were running out of like videos within that algorithm for me. So they threw a wild card in there to see if I would click on it to add to my web. Yeah. And it was a pimple popper, which is, what? you know a fucking popular genre of algorithm and yeah. uh, boy oh boy it was a blackhead vid and I couldn't I couldn't swipe fast enough and I saw like a little bit and it just is not for me yes don't watch that if you don't like it it's very upsetting and you love it I, it depends. It depends on where I, I guess I used to a couple of years ago, maybe when I was going through something where I was expunging things from my life. It oh, felt very sure. satisfying to sure. like watch some of that stuff. I definitely don't tune into it now. Right now I'm watching, yeah, I'm watching a lot of cooking videos and a lot of nature videos. Those are both very, uh, restorative for me. Nice. You know? yeah. Watching David Attenborough, like speak about this wonderful creature here out in the Savannah. And it's like, yeah, that's good. Can I give you, uh, can I give you one more thing to say as who? As David Attenborough? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the ostrich, I'll say it like I'm from St. Louis. The ostrich mm-hmm. is in the Sahara. Hello, I'm David Attenborough. And day, today we're talking about the ostrich, which is in the Sahara, which is a terrible place for an ostrich to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Send him in. Hit us in the DMs <laughs> if you want some David Attenborough by I, Mary Jane. I fucking love David Attenborough so much. He's so calming. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Of you, course. Yeah. And he, we, my friend he's, Allison He's like I, the opposite of Werner Herzog. Like, yeah, yeah well, there's my back and forth. I'm another very calming person to watch, though, if you're a nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Well, I, I do love it. Oh, man, I wish I could do a good Werner Herzog impression because he's, he's fantastic. But uh, just, uh, I have to say the David Attenborough thing. My friend Alice and I always used to do this bit where we would go, she, one of us would be David Attenborough and the other one would be the animal that he was talking about. And we'd do a clown bit. There was a visual, but the, the David Attenborough character would go, hello, my name is David Attenborough. And today we'll be talking about the beaded booby, which you cannot see because I'm standing in front of it. And then the, the person doing the booby would be like trying to be seen and David Attenborough was like always just moves to the camera. Anyway, it was a visual. It's a hot bit. We had a lot of fun. That's a real good bit. Yeah. Yeah. Peeking around the booby. Yep. Or boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a couple other things we, were, we had on this list of things that I was going to maybe talk about. Let's hear it. Well, because we were just talking about Fairfax and how much I love it. Yeah. Um, but I did tweet and hopefully it led to somebody being on the pod in July. <gasps> I'm so uh, excited. Um, but I was talking about how upsetting it is that a la carte is the way of the restaurant because I, and I think some of it is because minimum wage is being raised like there are not things in place to allow restaurants to fucking survive, especially the pandemic and coming right. out of it. And so a lot of restaurants, it seems like, are going a la carte because if you can 
get a burger for $13. And if you get fries, that makes it a $20 choice on your end. Mm-hmm. We need that 20 fucking bucks. Like I got bills to fucking pay and we out here doing it. Yep. Uh, the flip of it for me is, uh, yeah. come on, a $13 burger, no fry? That's everywhere in LA. That is like the a la carte game. And I don't know if it's anywhere else, but when I tweeted it, many other places, especially in the Midwest, were like, what are you talking about? Mm. And it's because they know how to eat well. Yeah, I just, I would be so interested to learn what the actual cost breakdown of putting out like a gourmet fucking burger, or at least like a good burger like you're eating would actually be, especially when you take into account overhead, the fucking pandemic, the supply chain, the fucking meat, all of the stuff. If you actually did a line by line breakdown, it would be so cool if anyone knows where we can find this information. I think you're right. What that looks like in LA when you take fucking rent into account or whatever it is. Like in LA, that's going to be a very high number. (laughs) Okay. So let me reframe it on that. These burgers aren't good enough. Gotcha. To be $13, which is what I, yes, we got there for me. Thank you. Because that's what I'm really saying is no to this. (laughs) This is a nine. Gotcha. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is, this is an 11. Mm -hmm. This is an 11, but 13, it's a difference for me. Yeah. Spending $13 on a plant-based burger does feel exorbitant for sure. But you know, that's kind of, you just get used to it. I guess when you're, you know, when we eat out, I feel like, you know, I definitely eat out way too much. I order a lot of sweet greens and I walk down Melrose when I'm here in LA and like order expensive salads, whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, trying to make myself feel better. It's been really nice to cook in Washington because there isn't anywhere to order from. And I've just been cooking all the time. It feels fucking great. It does. Yeah, I miss it. Not that you and I don't cook. We definitely cook, but we will like make it occasion cooking, I feel like, because we're, you know, yeah. that's how we're living right now, as opposed to cooking every night, which has been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. What else did you? Oh, you made a. Uh. Uh. Oh, it's the it's uh the fucking doll strawberry shortcake. I made strawberry shortcake, which is so easy, and it's like the most beautiful classic dessert, and it took twenty minutes. On Top Chef, it would have taken them seven. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It's the baking time of the biscuit is how long it takes. Oh fuck! I wasn't even thinking of strawberry shortcake, right? Because I was thinking of it as a sponge cake underneath. No. But you made the biscuit version. Yeah, just Yo, like a sweet biscuit Mary with Jane. some fresh whipped cream and some sliced strawberries that are lightly macerated in a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of sugar. So fresh, so delicious. Excuse me, so fucking good. You just swallowed so hard. Your soul got hungry for that. That was wild to see. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna be on YouTube. We're just gonna drop it. If you want to see Mary Jane's soul swallow, uh, that was crazy. Strawberry shortcake. Yeah. Yeah. So good. You'll swallow your soul will swallow. <laughs> yeah. It was that fucking good. Um, yeah. I just made a bunch of homey, comforting food, which is you know what I'm all about right now. Yeah. Definitely. As I'm up there, it's just just nice, and I feel like I want to do more of that with you. Same. I'm down. Okay. Plenty of time to have fun. I will so hold you to it, though. Let's do it. Okay. I want I want to drop some recipes. I feel like... Yeah. Goddamn, yo. I mean, you cook at midnight here by yourself, and yeah. I know that you do that. I'm just saying, like, I want to hang and cook with you. Oh. Instead of just, like... See, I thought you meant competition. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you wanted to hang out. God, That's I was just talking are. about like just hanging out, Mike. <laughs> You're like, oh, you want to fight? Okay. I'm like, no, dude. I just want to hang out and have a good time. Cool. Cool. Also down for that. Great. <laughs> I choose that one. Cool, me too. 
Oh, oh my shit. god. Uh, you want to do buds of the week? Yeah. Let's do buds of the week. Okay, you gonna go first or second? Ooh, I could go either way with this I'll one. Go How about first. you? I'll go first. My bud of the week this week is Mike Targus at Web Cruise on IG. Mike has an incredible series called Only the Interviews, where a skeleton interviews uh, an entire cast of characters. And you did an episode a while back, Mike. Yeah, and Paul Walter Hauser, who's uh-huh. in Cruella. And Andy Dick just did one. And you did one. And I just did one. And it just dropped, and you can check it out on the YouTube that's in his IG, um, which is at Web Cruise, C-R-O-O-Z-E. And I just had a great time. I tell like a pretty true story with a couple of embellishments. And um, a skeleton is the host. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And um, yeah, he's just really cool. Check him out and follow everything he does because he's very fucking funny and super talented. Yeah. And the Andy Dick episode is a wild time. Yo, that dude goes for it. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, the cool. legend. My vote of the week this week is at JP underscore Noda. JP underscore N-O-D-A, Noda. Um, the homie, we finally met after quite a long time at a function this weekend. And when we were there... Uh, he had just put on his IG that he took a bunch of mushrooms and he looked so fucking happy on it. And I was like, man, that's cool. I'm going to go introduce myself and tell him that. And he said, thanks so much. And he gave me a little microdose myself. And then I took it that afternoon and had a wonderful walk. That's the so, greatest gift you can give someone. Yeah. Oh, so, so thank nice. you so much. Follow him at JP underscore Noda and check out his podcast. He does with another comedian named Frank and it is at Peaked TV doing it with a uh, Puffco. Dope. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yo, support some homies and check out some new shit. Cool friends. That's fucking great. Wow. There we go. There we go. Um, What a time. I'm so glad to hang and see you, Mike. Thank you for just, you know, always elevating my day. Yeah. Man, we just double boosted seat this week. Yeah, we did. That's cool. Boop, boop. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. If you like our podcast, please check out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com at Weed and Grub. Or um, if you have a second, we'd love it if you give us five stars and or leave a review on iTunes. It helps our podcast get out there to more people. And we just appreciate every five-star review that is left. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.